Hello and welcome to another episode of Chat with Nat, inspired by the spark in you. I I don't know, I have a lot to talk about, but I wanted to do a fun little game of where I answer some questions. So, are you 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early? So, I have major anxiety about being late, so I am never going to be late unless it's like meeting my husband or, um, yeah, just my husband in general. <laughs> because my anxiety, I, ha- I wouldn't say I like to be 20 minutes early, but I'm probably 10 minutes early. Now, if it's a new area and I've never been there before and I'm meeting somebody I don't know, I probably will get there 20 minutes early to like kind of get a handle on my anxiety and get a feel of the location and feel comfortable. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I hate being late. I get very pissed off if I am late. So I will probably be, I would meet in the middle and say 10 minutes early, but never late and maybe 20 minutes early. Okay. So favorite meal, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I would say I love all three because I love food, but breakfast is easiest for me at home. I think that's the easiest meal to find something to eat. Lunch for me is the hardest sometimes because I don't want to eat a lot, but then I do. I don't want to eat a lot, but I want something that's filling. And dinner, I love to eat lunch and dinner out, like if we're going to go to a restaurant or whatever. But I also, sometimes I love to eat breakfast out. Like I love McDonald's breakfast and so sometimes I just have a craving for like McDonald's or Chick-fil-a breakfast and I will go there but not all the time so basically I'm a fat ass and love all three things (laughs) I'm not saying that about myself I just love food so much that I love every meal I never skip a meal okay are you a morning person or a night owl and I would most definitely say I used to be a morning person but I I'm a night owl. I think everybody in our household is a night owl. My daughter is a night owl. She hates the mornings. My husband's a night owl. And I've recently become a night owl. I would rather stay up late. I will snooze my alarms 50 times. I used to never do that whenever I was younger. And I also, um, but I love my sleep though. So like once I'm tired, like I'm tired. Like I have an early bedtime but I am a night owl. So I like, I'm the type of gal who I like to do everything. Like I like to get everything done. So like if I'm cooking dinner, like I like to get it done. I like to take a shower right after that. You know, like I like to start dinner, work out, take a shower directly after that. And then I'm done. So that way, whenever my husband, like all we have to do is eat. And then whenever my husband goes take a shower, I just lay in the bed and get ready. Like I'm a do, 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 and then relax, relax, relax. I don't know if everybody's like that, but I most definitely am. Uh, Little updates. I went for a job interview last week, and I did not get it. I think um, it's a blessing in disguise, but I think the reason I didn't get it was because I might have talked badly about my previous employer, and that's not a smart thing. But to set the tone is that maybe I was too comfortable with, maybe I was too comfortable 
I think that I was too comfortable with them as people and it felt it wasn't an unprofessional interview, but I was interviewed in their what is it called? Uh their break room. There was stuff on the table. I was interviewed by three people. Um I think that I've seen it as person to person and not very professional. And they didn't really ask me many questions. The first thing was, tell me about yourself. And so, and they were saying what they wear and like how they're a family. And so maybe I was too personal with them and felt like just person to person and not professional. And so I think that's might have been where I went wrong. And um, I'm not going to make the same mistake again. And I do think it's important because how, you know, I feel like I don't want to lie about how bad my previous employees were, but I also feel like you can't be honest. So, you know, I've looked up some YouTube videos about why did you leave your last job and stuff like that. So I'm really hoping tomorrow I will get this, the um, telework job and it'll be exciting and um, hopefully it'll give me some flexible hours and schedule so that way I can have a work-life balance with being a mom and also wanting to work and have some independence. I also think it's important because with COVID being so bad, I don't have to be around COVID. You know, at my last job, I was around a lot of people that had COVID or previously had COVID or had its symptoms. And I think this will be an opportunity if we do to potentially want to have more kids. I can you know, it's not a physically demanding, grueling job, and I could do it while being pregnant, and with the flexible hours after we have the baby, we can always do a nanny at home, and then, you know, it just, it provides a lot of flexibility, and I, I think long-term, I think it might be what is best. So, I also want to talk about, I've, I've been having kind of a rough week and I wanted to share with some folks about what was going on. So I had mentioned that my husband had went to Las Vegas. They went to pick up a plane and they were there for one night and then they came back on Friday. So I had previously not been feeling well. And so I was tired that night, ended up taking Benadryl and melatonin because I was just like really tired and wanted to get some rest. My husband, um, it's a three hour difference from time zone. So my husband was like, we're going to end up going out, you know, but not like going out. Like they just went to walk around the strip. I've never been to Las Vegas before. And this was his first time too. I am going to say that I requested for him to text me whenever he got home back to the hotel, just to make sure. And I woke up the next morning. I ended up falling asleep fine, no anxiety. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, just distraught because he texted me at 1:37, and so it was like 9 10 o'clock there and I was like well he said he went out at six so like what did they do for four hours and you know I was a little bit upset about that but I you know as I was talking to him more we didn't really get to talk that much but then we did for a minute or two and you know he was telling me like it's crazy here in Vegas like I guess prostitution is legal And, you know, there was like half naked women walking around. And for me, I was like, I, it was a lot worse than I expected. And, you know, I was like, well, did you do anything that I need to be aware of and stuff like that? And like, I guess I just never thought it was that bad. And it made me feel a bit insecure because I think it's hard in a military spouse relationship because 
well, there's a couple things that are hard. He's always the one that's leaving me and I never leave him. And I'm at home taking care of the regular duties. And I know that he is going there for work. I know he didn't just go there with his buddies, but it do, it does kind of, you do kind of get resentful because it's like, you get to go to work, but then you get to go out to Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I know that it's toxic to think like that. And I caught myself and I encouraged him to go out because, you know, he's expressed to me, like, I wish when I was younger that I would have went out and did more things and been happier and created all of these experiences. And I want him to do that. And I would want him to be supportive if the roles were reversed. So I remained supportive, but the next day I couldn't believe how upset I was and how self-conscious I was. And I was like, what if he, you know, and I think it's hard because as a military spouse, especially active duty, you give up so much of your life for this person who potentially can go out and just ruin it and crush everything that you've done. And like, I, my husband and I have this agreement that if he were to cheat on me and I were to cheat on him, there is no going back, especially for me. And I think it was heartbreaking to me because he's never given me any reason to think that, but I have put so much into this relationship. And so has he, that if he ever cheated on me, I can never, I can never go back or I couldn't even look him in the face anymore. It, it would probably be years. And so and that's what I feel like. And so I just kept thinking about all these things. And my therapist said he didn't, he, you know, he didn't do that. Just try to be positive. And, you know, she was like, just don't say anything to him. Don't jump on him. You know, he's just getting home and, you know, make him want to come home to you. And, you know, that really like, I think sometimes your therapists are right, but they are wrong because I'm like, I'm going to express my feelings to him because honestly, I don't give a fuck if he wants to come home to me or not. Like, these are my feelings and these are real feelings. And he needs to like, you know, we need to talk about this because if I come home and I'm acting weird, he's like, well, what were you doing? You know, like, and we do have trust in our relationship. I think it was just a fact of like, I was feeling very insecure. I was actually watching a TikTok yesterday about this girl who got off birth control and she just, her life changed dramatically with her hormones and stuff. And I really feel like that. I, my anxiety has been so bad recently since getting off birth control. I feel like I can't even function sometimes. And I do my best to do these coping mechanisms and stuff like that. But I do feel like that my self worth and self esteem has gone down dramatically. And I feel upset about it. And I feel like no matter what, I'm not going to be happy. So I think all of this, um, and we just found out that he was going on the trip that week. So it was, there wasn't enough time for me to process what was going on. And then there, there, he wasn't gone. There wasn't enough time to process that he was leaving. And there wasn't enough time to process my feelings of what happened the night before, because he was home that day. And so whenever he got home, I was excited to see him, but I was still processing these feelings of like, well, did he cheat? I have to trust what happened, you know? Um, and it is hard because he's like, people were walking around and they don't, they, you know, they only have their nipples covered and people were coming up to me, handing me cards for prostitution. And, and I'm just like, I trust you, but I do not trust these women. And we have all been in life experiences where you find this man attractive and you find a boy or whatever attractive and you really don't care about the other people on the other side. And I would be devastated. And I think that sometimes women, other women don't care 
if they have a family. Other women don't care that they have a three-year-old at home. Other women don't care that they have a spouse at home that fucking does everything for them and pretty much babies them around and does their laundry, you know, like, and I think that it is hard. And so there was so many things that I've come to a realization of and this week and I needed to get a handle on it. And him and I basically, you know, we had to sit down and have a conversation about everything. And I know that this is normal for other women. I, I, I know that it is. I know that, Maybe you could be the most confident woman in the world, but 5% of you thinks, what if that person is lying to me? Because in a marriage and in a life, whenever you commit your your life to somebody and even whenever you're in a committed relationship, you have to trust that person that they are telling you the truth. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes you the 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 devil on your shoulder gets the upper hand and says, that might not always be true you know, and you just have to pray and hope that they, they, that they are telling the truth. But this got me thinking is that throughout all this, he's never given me a reason not to. And, you know, he told me, I want to experience Vegas with you. I want to do things with you. And I know that I know that he would never do anything to jeopardize our relationship. But nonetheless, something I had to learn was that I need to become more confident. I need to become, I need to improve my self-esteem. I need to improve my um, my self-worth and my self-image and stuff like that and self-acceptance. So I decided that I was going to, what better place is to search for some podcasts about it. And I learned, um, this is from the Deeper Live podcast, it um, talks about self-love, self-acceptance, self-esteem, um, deeper life is the podcast. So first thing I learned is that I, this podcast was an hour and three minutes and I listened to every bit of it. I took two notes a page, two pages of notes, and this podcast transformed my life in a very positive manner. So I learned the unconditional love of yourself is self-acceptance expectations play a role in self-acceptance. You have to let go of judgment. So I've also starred self-acceptance leads to self-improvement because it frees space that was previously taken up from negative energy with judgment. And I think that's so true, right? Because how can we as an individual, we're looking at ourselves and, you know, even I caught myself today in the gym, I did a workout class and, you know, I'm one of the larger women in the room and I'm like, you know, why can't I look like her? She has the body that I want, but I'm like, snap out of it because you are amazing. You are doing this. You are doing this for your body and it is great. And I think we have to stop the negative talk because that opens up room for you. The free, it frees up space for you to have thoughts and feelings for this positive self-acceptance. Um, you know, and I think she talks about how we're not supposed to get everything right and that we have to keep you know, getting back on track with the mindfulness and it, mindfulness is keep noticing you are straying and coming back. And the biggest thing is reframing how you talk to yourself. And I think a lot of people, we discuss about how you have to talk to yourself like you would talk to your friends. You have to talk to yourself like you're somebody else. And I think that's hard because I think for me, like, I think it's such bullshit, but it it's not because I'm like... 
I'm like, I don't want to be fake. I want to actually feel these feelings. And so the biggest thing that really changed my life is she said, how do you accept where you are while wanting to make room for growth? Because a lot of people think that self-acceptance is there is no room for improvement. And that is not true. And I start this. I acknowledge where I am, but I would like to improve. These are the steps I will take. I will have more success on some days than others. I'm doing my my best and acknowledging who you are. So just like today, whenever I was thinking of these negative feelings, I was like, stop. This is part of the journey. This is who I am today. And you have to be think, you know, and people always say this about weight loss is that no matter how much weight you lose, you will always be the same person you were whenever you were larger or smaller or whatever. Once you get to that ideal body weight, quote unquote, or body image or whatever, you will always have the same mindset as the old you. And you really have to transform that thinking. And she said that we disempower ourselves with negative talk. Acceptance is a state of being. Acknowledge this. This is where I am. And it's fun to explore my potential. So another thing that really, really, really it, it broke my soul is that detach worth and love from other people. This is my biggest problem because whenever I feel like this, this is my biggest problem. Whenever I felt like this, right, I expected my husband to jump in and make me feel worthy and make me feel loved. Seeking validation ex- externally, 10% validation from other people and 90% validation of yourself. And I feel like that maybe I seek 90% of validation from others and 10% validation from myself. And I really do feel like that was my problem because I think that I, I, I mean, and this is hard too, because how do people who their love language is words of affirmation, how, because I need that validation. You know, whenever I work hard to clean the house and my husband doesn't say anything, I'm like, did you notice I did the dishes today? He's like, yes, honey, thank you. Like that makes me feel loved and whole that my hard work is recognized. And I'm like, where does words of affirmation and and love language come into this? You know, because I think it's, it's different if you're looking for it. You know, I, I think that's also another hurdle to, to conquer is whenever your love language is words of affirmation, how do you, how do you give yourself the validation during that time? And, you know, you have to build, you know, self. Okay. So self-esteem is whether you appreciate or value yourself. Self-confidence is the belief in yourself and your abilities. Being confident in your own skill, not about, yeah, so self-confidence is not about being good at stuff because life is all about making mistakes and learning lessons. And then unconditional love of yourself is self-acceptance. So she said to build the other three, you have to, you have to build foundation of self-acceptance first and the rest will come. And that you do live a life of variety and it is okay to make mistakes and it is okay to, you know, come, um, you be mindful that you strayed off the path and to come back on. If you aren't self-accepting, 
then you can't be for other people because you have never known self-acceptance. And I think this was a big one too, right? Because like the kind of love that you receive from yourself is the kind of love that you give off. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking we've all had a friend, right? And she tells you, oh, you look so cute. And then you don't believe it. And then in my mind, I'm the type of person I'm like, do they really think that? Or are they just telling me to be nice, you know, and like, how can you give that to somebody else? If you're never truly self accepting of yourself? And how can you truly show love? If you're not even self accepting of yourself? And so I think that was an amazing podcast to listen to it virtually changed my life. And I also think that another and, and during this time, I really came to the conclusion of why I was feeling like this too, is because My husband and I haven't spent quality time together. You know, we are having sex and we're being physical and we're doing all these things, but we're still living our boring day-to-day life. And I tell him all the time, like, who are we together in our relationship? Because I make time for alone time. You make time for alone time. We're doing self-improvement and we're being mom and dad to our daughter. But who are we in our relationship? And we used to... And, you know, um, the weather's been so crappy in South Georgia. We haven't had much sunlight. And I know that the weather is getting pretty bad all over with the winter storms. But I try to – I'm constantly a change. I love to change, and I love to always make improvements. And I'm like, well, what were we doing in Albuquerque that we can bring here? We used to do Sunday walks. We used to, um, you know – do the dog park and we used to do all these things like what are how can we change and we uh, my favorite thing used to be on Saturday nights we always like get our favorite meal and we used to watch tv and sit in there and then we would like eat ice cream together or something and then we would go to sleep but now with our daughter and her not wanting to close the door we're so scared of you know going in the living room making noises that we're kind of like not doing that anymore and I told him like We need to get back to doing that because that was fun. Now I don't look forward to that on the weekends. And I had told him he's been working so hard and, you know, he has leave to take paid leave. And I told him, when have you, when have you taken a day off and took me out to lunch or when have you, I don't, you know, even came home early and not went to work out or worked on the trucks or did other things and cared about me. And, you know, I also, I kind of put it into perspective for him. I told him, you know, I'm like, let me ask you, ask me some questions about you. And if I get them right, you know, personal questions. And then he, and I asked him questions and he didn't know, he didn't know many of them. I was like, what is my favorite Starbucks order? I don't know. What is my social security number? Uh, um, what is my favorite food? I don't know. I just asked him like five questions and I would ask him what size shoe I wore. He didn't know. And it's like, and I said, exactly. I answered all five of your questions correctly. And you don't know anything about me. And I said, when do you bring me flowers? When was the last time you surprised me with breakfast in bed? When was the last time you surprised me with coffee? When, when have you bought me something? And he was like, well, I bought you stuff for Christmas. And I'm like, besides that. And he was like, well, you haven't bought me anything. And I'm like, that's not true. He has this body powder that he likes because he likes sweats. It helps with sweating. And I said, they threw it out whenever you got on the plane. 
to go to Las Vegas, I already put it in the Walmart, the Walmart cart for you. So you didn't have to do that, you know? And it's like, I do those things for you, but you don't do the small things for me. And so yesterday we went out on a date day to Florida and we had such a good time and I just really enjoyed it. And I think that it really helped us get out of mom mode and dad mode and just kind of be by ourselves. And I think that really helped me to like feel better and for him to feel connected to me too. So that way we could just, you know, like talk about adult things and where our relationship is going and where do we see ourselves in five years and how's his job going and how do we feel about living here and how do we feel about life here? And I think as mom and dad and as parents, it's so hard to find people, especially military families, it's hard to find people that you trust with your kids. And so we made it an effort. And, you know, we talked about how we want to travel and maybe get a camper and the changes. And it was really nice. And so I think that it's important for you to stay connected with your spouse as a married couple, because once these kids get older, they're not coming back. You know what I'm saying? Like once they leave the house, like you're no longer, you know, they don't take up as much time. And if you're not happy in your relationship, you've wasted it, you know? And so I think it's important. So I hope everybody has a good week. Hope somebody got something out of this this week. And um, can't wait to talk to you next week. So see ya.